You aren't being a proper woman, therefore you must be a witch. You must be a witch. So welcome on this um, end of November full moon, this episode of Missing Witches and this strange tipping end part of this fucking strange year. Um, this is the water freezing moon and this beaver pelt moon and it's the morning moon as in, you know, in morning. To me, it feels like we are and will be for a long time in mourning uh, for the trauma and loss of this pandemic year, but there's also this little flower of hope. And so it feels so right to get to talk to our guest for this episode, Selena Nawaz, author of the beautiful and deeply weirdly prophetic novel, Songs for the End of the World. I love this book so much, but Selena, um, hi and welcome to the Missing Witches Coven. I wondered if you would maybe introduce yourself since I feel like you will know yourself better and what you want to share about yourself better than I can. Sure. Thank you and and hi. Um, thanks for having me. Um, so my name is Salima Nawaz, as you said. I feel like you kind of covered everything, Risa, but I will re I will read my little personal <laughs> intro anyways. Um I'm a Montreal-based writer. I've written short stories and two novels, including um, Songs for the End of the World, which came out this year from McClellan and Stewart. It's gotten some attention because, um, yeah, it was written completely before COVID-19, but it happens to be about a handful of interconnected characters living through the opening weeks and months of a novel coronavirus pandemic that um, also within the book takes place in 2020. God, I loved this book and it, and it just is so deeply surreal in a deeply surreal year. I can only imagine how surreal that's been for you. It, you know, it has, it has been really surreal. Um, but there's this weird, there's this weird way. And I haven't, really said this before but I feel like the missing witches podcast is the is an okay place to say this which is that <laughs> in some ways it like it didn't like it was almost not surprising like mm. even though it mm -hmm. was so surreal like um for anyone who's read the book there's a character in the in the novel who's a writer who has written a pandemic novel that within my novel it 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 seems as though his pandemic novel is coming true, um, right. which is like this extra like meta level, but like to go back to like from the very first moments I was planning the novel, I was, I was imagining what if it came true, you know, like wow. I imagined this happening from the very first moment I started thinking about the book. That's why there is a character in the book who has written a pandemic novel that seems as though it's, it's coming true. So, so like, of course, it's incredibly surreal and it's super weird, but it also takes me back to that first moment of mm. conceiving the book and, and imagining this exact thing happening. God, I don't even know how to wrap my mind around what that is like. I mean, except that there is that moment of, of writing that I can relate to where you're like, this is both story, like 
just the like fun and joy and crazy head fuck of telling a story. And also like, this is true somehow. You know, it took me so long to write it. I was writing it for years and there were times where it just felt like I would never be finished writing it. Um, and, and now it feels like I'm, I'm living in it and it still isn't finished. Um, so that, that is kind of the freaky part. Yeah. Yeah. And now you're like a little bit outside of the bounds of the book, you know, but you're still, it still must feel like you're inside the fictional world. Like, yeah, a little bit. So where did the story come from? Or like in a bigger way, where do you think stories come from? That's a big question. Um, I, I think, you know, I think stories are, are inside us, you know, that they're, they're always within us. Human beings, you know, have always been telling stories and it's just, it's like part of our, of our makeup. Like it's part of our DNA, like those, those myths and those archetypes um, are just part of who we are. So I think stories are inevitable in a way. I always have this image in my mind since I heard, read this. I think it's an Elizabeth Gilbert thing. We're talking about she she felt like she was always just watching like wind come across fields, that that was the feeling of like waiting for stories and being hit by them. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's a beautiful image. I, I know when I was younger, I had this, this sense of needing to like, to wait for inspiration, like, not when I was really young, like when I was a kid, I would just, you know, write incessantly, you know, about like orphan girls <laughs> and stuff like that. But then <laughs> when I was sort of like trying like more seriously to be a writer than I would just like felt like I had to wait for this, almost this like overwhelming urge to write, you know, and like this kind of like special tingly feeling um, that would like drive me to, to write. Um, but you know, since, since then it's, it's like hard to like, remember back to that feeling, even though I, I know there are, there are aspiring writers and other writers out there who, who feel that way. But, but now it's just like, there's almost too much to write about. You know, it's, it's like inspiration is, mm. is the ocean and it's there, you know, you just dip your toe in and, and there's just like an ocean of, of things, of stories. Are you, are you comfortable with the idea of magic? I didn't really ask you this, but we talked about um, having you on this podcast. But like, is that something you think about? How does that, because it feels like what you're describing is so connected to the way some people on this podcast and in many other places have talked about mm, spirit or magic, this sort of, this becoming acquainted with it was like meeting a giant reserve or ocean of, inspiration yeah I you know (laughs) there I I have so many thoughts about um magic um but in terms of like the magic of of writing I guess specifically um I found that writing you know it's a process that has magical moments you know certainly you know if you can achieve that sort of flow state you know where the ego disappears but um, a lot of it I would liken more to something like construction work. Um, 
So for me, it's really like, it's more like reading, reading is magic, right? That experience is instantaneous and something is being conjured in other people's minds, you know, through your own efforts as the writer Mm -hmm. and theirs as the reader too. And so the book is where minds are meeting across time and place. And that's the real magic, you know, a book is a place of encounter. Um, So if you're doing it right, you can be making magic by writing a book. Um, But the process of writing it in my experience is sometimes more akin to the other kind of magic, you know, like it's a, it's a trick in some ways, because with fiction anyways, you're trying to make people believe things that aren't, you know, strictly true, but of course there also has to be real truth within it. So it's like both a kind of sleight of hand as well as a kind of bringing forth of deep inner truths, you know, that will, that will resonate with people. And that part of it might be more like craft, which has a really powerful overlap, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Have you had witchy moments, quote unquote, before this moment of realizing you'd written a book about what was happening? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I have, you know, I have had many witchy moments over the years, you know, moments of like, you know, spidey senses tingling, premonitions of danger, or, you know, other just weird occurrences. And I have definitely described myself as low-key psychic to many people um, before. (laughs) Um, But it's, you know, it's the kind of thing that I feel like in general, I've like moved further away from over the years. Cause I think anyone who has ever like come out as a witch to their friends, you know, as, as I did in high school um, or, you know, come out as anything that's a kind of fringe belief or practice or outside of the norms of, of society. It's just like, once you've kind of faced that um, blowback or that judgment, you know, you're just always hesitant, you know, and, and yeah. So you kind of observe these, these moments and you kind of found the way. And (laughs) I'm really um, comfortable being a witch uh, in, in safe witch circles, you know, I'm like, and just being my own version of whatever that's going to be. And I think, I think a lot about the idea of, um, like you talked about the the construction worker side of of creativity you know that yeah. I love the way you describe that that like um there's an element I think of magic or craft or whatever in that part of it too we were talking to um a witch for another episode who made a really astute observation. I think we talk sometimes about how like you have to do the mundane work and then you can do, you know, a ritual or something and those two pieces go together, but you have to do the mundane and Mm -hmm. her flip on it, Loretta, the death witch was that nothing is mundane. You know, that all of that work in her case, she's talking about activism in the streets, that all of that is part of the magic of making a new world, you know? And I think writing a, a novel that's really full of like love and hope during a global pandemic can help us kind of craft that into the world, you know? Yeah. There's that hope in it. Yeah. I think a lot of, um, a lot of the everyday things that we do, you know, 
those, those everyday rituals, those everyday practices that underpin everything um, are important. And, and you definitely can't, you can't finish a novel without a lot of um, grunt work, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> I wish it were just like magic, like literal magic. Um, yeah. but sadly not. No, sadly not. Yes, we're in the process of edit still and definitely not magic. Lots mm-hmm. of just rereading, catching yep. typos. <laughs> yep, yep. I think that there's a lot of people who have a book inside of them that they don't know how to get out. Yeah. Do you have, do you have advice on, you know, maybe not necessarily writing something prophetic, but at least maybe true? Oh, that's a good question. I... I think something that um, is probably relevant to like the writing of uh, my writing of this novel and other things I've written um, is to tap into something that you're afraid of. I think that writing about our fears can be really, you know, not just, you know, therapeutic, but like it, it can be powerful in that there's something, there's something, there's an emotional charge there. You know, I think, you can end up tapping into something really powerful and something true. And it just makes the stakes higher, I think, for you as the writer, if you're, if you're trying to write about something that scares you. Um, and I think that whatever it is that's, that you're afraid of, there's probably a good reason that you're afraid of that thing, you know? So, you know, if you were to, to write something about climate change, you know, because you're afraid of it, you know, the, the quite a reasonable fear and, and, Mm. um, and, you know, sadly there would be, you know, quite a good chance of that coming true. But, um, I think when, when you have that kind of like emotional honesty, which, you know, which you kind of have when you're sort of facing your fear by writing about it, or, you know, even transform, I don't mean necessarily like writing about like, I am scared of this because, but just using that, using that energy, Mm. um, to fuel your writing um, can get can get you to interesting places. Mm. I think that that's probably super powerful, both like uh, creatively and therapeutically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it could be. Yeah, and I mean, I think that's part of um, when we talk about like using tarot or you know using these kinds of like dev- divination tools as therapy that it, that can be more like um a way of having a conversation with maybe what you're what you're afraid of if you frame it that way are there rituals or practices that you use to kind of i don't know get acquainted with fear with fear specifically i would or with say something you're afraid of because I, I feel like um, I am so numb from the last years, you know, I, I've talked about this before, but like, I've just been like so afraid and, yeah. um, and I know that sort of a, a, a characteristic of trauma is that you don't start, you, you will sort of be in this frozen state. You won't start to feel the trauma until you're mm. safe. And I think that that's kind of coming for a lot of us, that there's a little bit of change of safety yeah. and change in presidents. Yeah. So. You know, that's, it's interesting. Like I sort of feel like 
part of the way that I've been coping with the pandemic um, has been to kind of somewhat like <laughs> somewhat like enable robot mode a little bit. Like all the feelings are are tapped down. You know, it's just like okay, well, I'm just going to do my thing. I'm just going to do this, this, and this. And, you know, it's like, there's no, um, there's no space for those emotions to happen because you can sense they're not going to be like productive, you know, they're not going to help you. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would say that I would have probably to a certain extent that has been like a running theme, you know, in my life. And, and certainly I, I was definitely raised in an environment with a lot of fear and have had, I have like, I'm a pretty fearful person in general, I guess. Like I'm just a timid, you know, physically timid, you know, uh, person and risk averse person, I guess would probably be the way to put that. Um, like I'm nervous in a car, like I don't, I don't drive, you know? So it's like, even if I'm a passenger in a car, I'm like, you know, I'm like gripping the handle, like that you hang dry cleaning oh, yeah. on or whatever. Um, so yeah, in terms of like so your rituals are maybe less about like getting in touch with fear and more about a healthy creative relationship with fear. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think a creative relationship with fear is probably like the most productive thing I can, I can do with it personally. And mm. I like, in some ways, it feels like repressing the fears that I have is, is like the only way to deal with them. Like the only way to be a functioning person. Um, Mm -hmm. but, (laughs) um, I think other people could probably like, I actually like what you said about the tarot in in terms of that as being a conversation. Like, I think that's a useful Mm -hmm. tool for conversation with yourself, like with things, you're trying to work out or, you know, I think it's even interesting from a story point of view, um, Mm -hmm. potentially, you know, if you're working with characters, um, it can be interesting in that way. Um, certainly like a ritual that I use to self-soothe, which is, I think a very common, you know, secular ritual. Um, but one, which is actually pretty witchy is like the hot bath with them, um, you know, candles, salts, oils, <laughs> like it's all there. It's like a, po- a big potion that you are like immersing yeah. yourself into. Um, and which is very soothing. Um, something that we all need and deserve, you know, like, yeah, I think, um, a useful concept around this full moon can just, well, you know, it's a morning moon. So if there's something that you're mourning, then giving yourself permission to do that is a good idea. And then it can also be good magic at this time to get rid of something, even if you're just going to clean a drawer. That's a good, that's a good practice for right now. So um, that's something I'm going to just continue to try to carry for my COVID terror coping mechanism is just just lovingly dust one thing that's that's a good idea that's what I got today (laughs) (laughs) oh man thank you so much for being here with us it feels like soothing even just even though we're talking about fear and anxiety I'm a very anxious person too um 
and all of this this work has been helpful for me and just in writing especially and just being able to talk about it um and Thanks I love having me. your book so so much I, I I hope more of our readers can discover more of your work beyond this novel um through our conversation and finding and following you um can you let people know how they can find you and follow you and pay you to do things pay you to write by your book <laughs> I don't know what <laughs> sure yeah well I guess I'm online at salimanawas.com I finally cracked and got a website and um <laughs> I'm on Twitter and you know I would really recommend if you are gonna seek out songs for the end of the world to do it at your local independent bookstore yeah we love our local she's got a great big box from drawn and quarterly for my kid's second birthday and that Again, drenched me in the magic of books. Just getting a poor older than with a two-year-old. Oh yeah, yay! And drawn in quarterly is <laughs> my preferred bookstore. <laughs> <laughs> That's our home base in Montreal. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thanks again, um, and thanks for your your beautiful book and spending this time with us. Thanks for having me. Don't forget to go to foxglovefarm.com and use offer code missingwitches.